What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Multiverse Monologues, the podcast show where we like to travel across the multiverses and fandoms that we love to talk about the movies and television shows that accompany those universes. And this week, we are staying in the MCU. Last week, we watched Thor The Dark World, and continuing in the Marvel movie marathon, we have Captain America, The Winter Soldier. And we are so excited to bring this to you because... Whenever We mentioned this last week, but whenever we see lists of the MCU best to worst ranked in their movies, Thor The Dark World is usually on the bottom. Well, this week, you know, Captain America The Winter Soldier is near the top of everyone's lists. And the question is asked whenever we have a movie that is this good on the podcast. Now, we haven't reviewed it yet, but the question is asked. Is there going to be a new number one in the spot? So... We're going to be talking about that, and I do say we because with me, as always, on the Marvel Movie Marathon is, first and foremost, Mr. Ethan Wenslop. Ethan, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Hail Hydra, and <laughs> Whoa. I'm, I'm excited to talk about this movie. This movie is considered one of the best, and I mean, not to spoil the discussion that we're going to have, but I, I, I trust that we're going to have a good discussion, but I mean, last time I trusted someone, I lost an eye. <laughs> Dude, that's so good. Come on, man. So e- Ethan's the Hydra agent out of both of us. Unless you're about to say hail Hydra too, in, in which case I'm wearing the wrong shirt here, guys. Uh, I'll, I'll, oh, reverse. Who am I? Oh, you, you are Mr. <laughs> Micah Head. Micah, how are you? Well, I, I'm pretty good, but before we get started, I just... <laughs> didn't want to get out. <laughs> okay. No. Yeah, uh, I, I'm doing pretty good. I, I feel like um, it's been a while since I haven't watched the movie the day of the podcast. I, yeah. I was hyped for this movie. I watched this one on Saturday, and so it's Monday today that we're recording this. Yes. And yeah, I I feel like the last time I watched a movie, or watched a movie that wasn't the day of, it's probably 1945. <laughs> <laughs> well, last time I did that, it was a long time ago, man. A long man. time ago. I haven't had any practice. Well, because <laughs> I think we all watched this movie before today, right? Right. Yeah. Today we came, we were ready for today. We couldn't contain our excitement. This was a good one, guys. So before we get into it, though, I just want to say if you could, you know, smash that like button. Boom. That's all I'm going to say. But anyway, gentlemen, let's, uh, let's, let's get into it, boys. Let's open our sling rings and head over to the MCU. Tell me about the shooter. He's strong. He's fast. Had a metal arm. When do we start? We just did. People are going to die. I can't let that happen. Two years after the events of the Avengers, Steve Rogers is now living in Washington, D.C. and trying to adjust to the modern world. But when a S.H.I.E.L.D. colleague comes under attack, Steve becomes embroiled in a web of intrigue that threatens to put the world at risk. Joining forces with Black Widow, Captain America struggles to expose the ever-widening conspiracy while fighting off professional assassins sent to silence him at every turn. That is your plot summary for Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Thank and you, Google Bard. You know what? You know what? I, I want to... I 
the first thing I want to do here is I want to go actually to the internet. Before I get our oh, yeah, thoughts, sure. I want to go to the internet first. I want to make this a thing because I want to know all of the opinions that really don't matter mm. first and right. then bring it to the ones that there do. There are two lists on the internet that uh, really matter to our podcast. And if, the, if you guys are a first-time listener, I will remind you uh, or I will introduce you to these two lists. One is the infamous Hollywood Reporter Infamous list. Amazing. If you guys don't know about this one, uh, it is uh, just the worst Marvel <laughs> ranking list known to man. Uh, ranks 70 different Marvel movies from uh, like Captain America 19-something all the way up to right before Black Panther Wakanda Forever. And where do you guys think the Hollywood Reporter took the... With, with all of its bad takes, where did they rank I Captain feel, America Winter Soldier? Now, now, step out of your own brain. Of course. Because it's not going to be what you think it is. Well, okay, so I feel like I remember this one being pretty high, though. Yeah. Like, like a so good ranking. Could be. As bad as their list is, they can't have gotten everything completely wrong. Right? right? This, this one just feels like one that the, the whatever, the critics at the Hollywood Reporter would agree that this one is good. So mm. I, I'd like to say, I want to have faith and believe it's in the top... 15 of their top list. Top 15. I would, like, gonna, to, I yeah. would like to top think 15? that. Top 15? You're going to go top any 20, Top 20. Top 20. That's what I'm going to say. Okay, well, it, it's number five. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Just below Iron Man, just above Spider-Man. <laughs> you people get some props. This is, good, yeah. this is a good list, guys. It's official. Oh, my God. Okay, maybe we got to reevaluate Hollywood here. Reporter <laughs> is certified. Yeah, it still thinks that Black Panther is better than this, but whatever. <laughs> so... <clears throat> Our next list is uh, my curated list of the average ranking that the internet gives this. Now, I average this based on Rotten Tomatoes, Metacritic, IMDb, and the Letterbox scores, all averaged out. And uh, let me find it again, Captain America. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes critic gives this a 90%. The audience score is a 92. Oh, okay. The Metacritic is a 70. Hmm. Metacritic user is an 8.3. IMDb is a... Get this, 7.8. Hmm. And Letterboxd is a 3.8. So, 3.8 out of 5. Okay, so general, the internet... And 81%. They like it. 81 and I was, I yeah, was watching... It is 10th place. Uh, just below Days of Future Past, believe it or not. 10th place in all the Marvel films. Yes, out of all the Marvel films, just above Thor Ragnarok, just above Big Hero 6, and just below Days of Future Past and Infinity War. On an internet and, average. And yeah. our, right. our, I think our next contender, uh, I think this will be the one that it's fighting for top spot, Spider-Man 2. I think it'll be around, because in our two lists, we see uh, Hollywood Reporter ranks Spider-Man 2 second place, mm. and um, Winter Soldier is fifth place. Tenth uh, place for our average ranking and seventh place for Spider-Man Two in our average. so they're they're mm. close in our lists. Whoa. I think that that's it's going to be competing for Spider-Man spot today. Today, okay, okay, yeah. Spider-Man Two spot. I'm cool. thinking we're going to have a new at least top five. We, we will see, but I, okay, so I'm not sure if it'll be my score. That's the thing. We got to figure out what we think now because yes. we figured out what the internet thinks. But of course, as we always yeah. say, let's remind us. Uh, let's remind our, our our fellows at home. We have the Avengers in number one, Spider Man two number two, okay. Iron Man in number three. Those are the same top three that we have in, um, uh, the Hollywood Reporter list. Okay, so and then we have Iron Man three in, in number four. So our and top the three matches the Hollywood Reporter's top three. Pretty close, yeah. It's okay. uh, Iron Man is number four instead of. Once Infinity um, War and Endgame, it, it's just right, going to be a right. stark difference. Right. Yeah, they said Black Panther's number three, but we haven't gotten to Black Panther yet. Okay. So our top five could look very similar. 
Oh, all right, also probably will look very different. Yeah, probably. Very different. <laughs> there's no way. There is no way. So this is the debut MCU film for the Russo brothers. Yeah. And I think we can all agree this is life changing. From rags to riches. Life, bro. I like that you say that. Life changing. Yeah. Expand upon that, dude. Right. Just because not only did they get the chance to do this, but I mean, we were talking about it before we started recording, but the Russo brothers literally came from television. They uh, were most famous for Arrested Development, where they won an Emmy, and then that that Emmy got them the job on the Community, where they famously did genre television. It was kind of a different genre every day, and they had their their uh, really famous paintball episodes. And Kevin Feige, who was sitting at home watching TV like everyone who loves TV does, he saw those paintball episodes and went, "These guys." I would like to consider them. So they were one of nine other directors who were able to pitch ideas for this film. And at the end of the day, the film was theirs. And I think there, there's no mistake that they earned their spot and solidified their spot with their great work in Civil War, uh, Infinity War, and Endgame. Like, these guys are no other way to put it. They're just iconic. Yeah, They're and iconic. if you haven't seen, they have a podcast called uh, Pizza Film School. And the Russo brothers do? Yeah, they have. Oh, wow. And they literally sit down and talk with they directors. Zack Snyder on. Yeah, yeah. A, a, an absolutely fabulous discussion. But they just sit there and they talk about the techniques that they use to film. And it's just, it's fascinating. It's so interesting. And it just shows you why these guys were the, uh, it, it very, it's very difficult to find a director who can you know, accomplish a movie like Civil War, Endgame, Infinite, like, but these two guys were up I don't to the know, task and, he, and they knocked out of the park. I like, you get that phone call. That's terrifying. Like, not not the <laughs> Winter Soldier, like the second Captain America film. That's not the biggest thing to tackle. But then Civil War and then the, the third and fourth Avengers films. <laughs> that's huge. And yeah. I think that the, the, the way that Kevin Feige found the Russo brothers should only give us confidence in just what he's still doing and the future of the MCU still. I know, I know the MCU has been in a rough spot, but... Uh, it's because Kevin Feige has been giving new directors new chances at things. And I think it's all because of what the talent he found in the Russo brothers here. Well, a lot of these new directors that have come out and not to take the conversation away from the movie we're talking about, but a lot of the directors that he's gotten have come from television. So or they, small indie projects right. like Chloe Zhao with exactly. uh, Eternal. She was a very art house director and bringing that new light into um, something as commercialized as the Marvel Studios franchise is something that we need in 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 the MCU just to mix things up. It, it's a very, you know, risky situation. Mm. Sometimes it pays off. Sometimes you get you find your directors for the biggest, most profitable movies ever. And then sometimes, you know, the it, most it, controversial one with Eternals. Uh, right, exactly. While it's, uh, I can't wait to talk about that one because yeah. I can't wait to see that one again. I've seen it once I, and I remember it was We actually impactful. We did a review of that on the channel way channel. back in the day. And <laughs> we actually liked it. So that's going to be interesting. I agree with you. But... Bringing it back to the Winter Soldier, I want to mm. I want to shoot this to Ethan first. What what was it like sitting down? It was I believe you also watched this on Saturday. What's your right? history with this movie? History. So this was the good question, Micah. This was yeah. um, the first MCU film that I saw opening night. Whoa! This is the first one that I had the privilege. I I saw Avengers in theaters, but my my older brother grace us upon me. He took me opening night with a group of his friends, which I know super annoying to. An older, for an older brother to have to do this, bring their younger sibling. But shout out to Jared for doing this for me. But I got to sit there and I got to watch this movie opening night. And it was 
just such a great experience. And to 13 this, at the time, I must. I was thirteen. Is that what wow. the math says? Yeah. Yeah. Thirteen-year-old Ethan watching The Winter Soldier, like that's the <laughs> peak age for this. Uh, yeah, I still love this film to this day. And to me, this is one of those movies in the superhero genre that I'd say gets bogged down by being attached to the superhero genre. Mm. There are certain films that just are guilty by association. Oh, that's a superhero movie. And you kind of forget how great it is because it is part of, oh, that's, you know, Captain America 2. That's MCU phase two. But like, if this wasn't affiliated with Marvel, I think it it still would stand Mm. as just a great action film and a political thriller. This is such a good movie. I like, I just, I love this movie. I just do. And uh, still watching it to this day it holds up so well the action still fantastic this the sequences in the car chases and uh nick fury's sequence he gets it's all really great it's all really great who thought that i'd want to drive a suburban after this (laughs) that's a cool car right there okay but nick fury's suburban is uh it's a little cooler than your average suburban. dude (laughs) he's got a freaking machine gun in 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 the starter fully automated and bulletproof glass and geez that thing was insane mike are you as big a fan as ethan of this movie if you can recall um i don't know if you want to pull up that audio clip from the uh faded take that i took uh what was that the x-men podcast where i was pulling up uh, just some podcast I, i was going through the list of movies i was like what movies are bad? And I, I was like, you know what? Yes. I, I don't remember the Winter Soldier that much. I'll, I'll say the Winter Soldier. That one was probably bad. I mean, it's the middle of the list. Kind of just whatever. It's right there. I said, you know, the Winter Soldier's not that great. It, it's probably it's probably pretty bad. Boy, do I take that back. <laughs> this is, uh, like Ethan said, it stands alone as its own. It, it, it's a great standalone movie. This is probably one of the greatest action movies comparable to, like, the only ones that I think top this uh, action movie-wise specifically are probably, like, John Wick. The John Wick movies are top tier for me in action movie, gun combat. Um, Like, Parker, I watched this movie with Parker. He said that this, compared to just watching Thor, The Dark World, the, the combat choreography is miles more entertaining than in Thor the Dark World. There is so... It's fast. It keeps your attention. It does what it needs to do to just keep the plot moving along. And it everything is purposeful in this movie. The Russo brothers knew that they had their one shot here, and if they blew it, it would not have gone... like. What a different world it would have been if the Winter Soldier wasn't a good movie. And it's funny mm-hmm. you say that about the Russo brothers, because when they were uh, announced as the directors of this film, there was a lot of criticism that uh, came with that. People were very disappointed that this is who they picked to do the the sequel to Captain America. And uh, it was just very cool seeing. I watched an interview that the Russo brothers did uh, two days before the film released. And it was just so cool to see their confidence in the film. They they knew that they really? had created a masterpiece. Oh, yeah. They just did. They're like, there, there was nothing we would change about this movie. It just it went how we wanted it to go. And we're so happy with the final product. And I, I think it it displays on the screen. Their, their craft and dedication to this movie is really good. Sounds like the same things for Guardians 3 that are coming out. All those interviews are saying the same thing. Oh, I'm hyped. The <laughs> reviews for Guardians looks like they said... And obviously you can't really believe anything, but 
best since Endgame. Ooh. Which is taking it back, man. Taking it back to the pre-Endgame days. I'm really, I've got a lot of hope for that. What do you think but about it, Winter Soldier, well, Ben? Well, it helps that the Russo brothers are nerds themselves. Yes. It's clearly evident in every one of their interviews, even during the Infinity War press tour, that, you know, it was, you know, how do you do this? It was like us playing as kids with our action figures. Yeah. It was reading comics. Like, these guys knew what they were doing. Mm. So the difference, I would say, in picking a director like or directors like these and Chloe Zhao is that these dudes grew up with it. They were fans of it before that they, and, and anyone can make a great Marvel movie. They don't have to be enveloped in there. I'm not slighting Chloe Zhao, but that added element, mm -hmm. knowing what you were a fan of as a kid, I think just helps it. And it, it's funny too, because uh, Joe Russo would, he's, he's open and vocal about this to say that growing up, he just thought, he thought Captain America was a square. And he's like, yeah, that the first movie was really it's what those early Golden Age comics embodied. He said it, they did a good job at that. But he's like, now we have Captain America in the modern times. We get to do reinvent this character and really like solidify who we want this character to be. And really what they they it comes down to is this guy who's who's out of his time. And he's just a beast, man. I want to talk about just uh, unless you have more to say right here. But Go ahead. I just wanted to talk about like the sound design and there in that opening sequence on the ship. Lumerian star. Ooh, the yes. Yep. The Russo brothers said, all right, that sequence, that's our sequence to tell the audience who Cap is now. This is the Cap you're going to get in this movie. And it it is such a great opening scene to me. I like I associate this opening scene with the opening scene from the Dark Knight, the bank heist, whereas that is the introduction to the villain. This is our introduction to our hero in the film. And I just I love he like when he kicks that guy. Oh, we all know that scene <laughs> yep. when he kicks a yeah. guy on the ship and uh, the way he hits the side and flips. You're like, oh, my goodness. This is a much more brutal. This film. Is, this is brutal. Than what yeah. we've seen before, but it's needed. It's neat because I think even everyone else, Captain America, whose favorite Avenger was Captain America? You know, like, like no one really was picking Captain America as he their was favorite. He was goody two-shoes. It's because of this movie that he was reintroduced, like, and solidified mm -hmm. it. Also, can we talk about the costume? The Winter Soldier first costume that Ooh, he has before good. he puts on the old one is my favorite costume that he ever puts on ever. Every they did everything right. I was listening to Jeremy John's uh, review of this movie, and he was like, "I didn't really care about the shield before this, but after this movie, I just wanted to have that." Mjolnir can go, you know, jump off a cliff. I want Captain America's shield. It took everything from the first Avenger, all of that heart that it had, put it into this movie, and then amped up the action, the music, the like literally everything the acting the cast is better in this movie the Great villain cast. is yeah. better in this movie and all of the political intrigue i love what you say ethan you actually summarized the movie in a way that I, I'm not even going to attempt to like give my thoughts other than I loved it because you did a great job in that. But it's it works on its own mm. as a political thriller, as an espionage film. It's absolutely fantastic. And I want to just say right from the outstart, I've said this before on the podcast, but this was the first Marvel movie that I ever saw in theaters. And 
I mean, ever since then, I've seen all of them, but this was the first one. And I actually, I was late to the theater. I'll never forget it. And I missed the on your left sequence mm. and the beginning. The very first introduction with Captain America's original first movie score. They do hint at it mm. as he's doing that, but he's running around the Smithsonian on your left. And that scene is so cool, man. What a great way to introduce one of the most... Like, going forward, Falcon is going to be one of the most influential characters in the movie, or in the in the series. The as new far Captain as the America. Yeah, yeah. He's the new Captain America. I mean... <laughs> But I love that introduction scene because it's kind of like, it's kind of quick. And if you've ever been to Washington, D.C., if you've ever, you know, like, I will say this, this is going to be mega cringe, but I actually have run around that thing. When I was there, I made sure to do that. Did I'm you not say on your left? Totally want to do I that. did it under my breath because I didn't want to be that cringe. <laughs> but I did run around the place and I, I, when I got back to my group, they all made fun of me. <laughs> But it was cool. I was not going to miss that chance. We got to take a trip out there and, like that. And, and run around. Well, dude, it was like I had the soundtrack playing in my ears as I was running around the whole thing. <laughs> it's, a lot, it's a lot bigger than you might think in this movie. Like what you see here, it's a lot bigger in person. Getting, getting lapped is a big deal. Yeah. Um, and I, I, So it's a great opening sequence. But. Mm. And I, I don't even consider this a slight. My one thing is. Is that sometimes when they do the pan around to Captain America and he's miles ahead of Sam Wilson? It's almost a mile, man. It's like it's almost a little too unbelievable. How fast because he of is? how fast yeah. he's running before, and then they just quick shoot the camera. It's awesome. Don't get me wrong. They do that same effect in the first movie. I'm pretty sure. Do they? I think so. I forgot which one it was. No, no, no. I'm thinking of. Um, it may have been Superman or something. Well, Infinity War, they have him running way ahead of the pack to the final battle. On, I'm, th I'm thinking of the, the same shot where they they he runs off frame and then it pans over and he's like ahead. Mm, I'm not sure. I are you talking about the? I'm thinking of Forrest Gump. That's what it is. They do that in Forrest Gump <laughs> when he runs. Uh, the the uh, first he time he runs, he runs out of the frame and then he runs in that field and then he hops over that fence. That's right. They yep. do the same trick there. Mm. <laughs> it's anyway, almost yeah. a little too unbelievable. That's my thing. And they do mm. it on the ship too, as he's running through the ship. You can tell because of how fast he's running. Before, there's no way he'd make it yeah, there in yeah. that time. That's just a little thing I had it's to comment on. It's almost like he's a super soldier in a fictional film. <laughs> he's got some sort of serum flowing in him or something. And also, Sam Wilson is just not running as fast. Just a dude. Yeah. He's just a dude. He's just pacing himself. But all of that aside, it's a great opening sequence. I love that. And obviously, the on your left, it's the start of that. And My favorite part of that sequence so well. was uh, Cap's Notebook. Where oh, he, he yes, it over yeah. and he's got all these things that he's got to catch up on. He's got Star Wars slash Trek. He's got all these different artists. He's got like Rocky on there. And I, I watched the um, the bonus content. Yeah. And they change it per every every country. region has a different yeah really yeah, and list they, they of voted them. on it too. They they said all right, these are ten or twelve events and things that are based around your country. Vote on it, and we'll put it in the movie. What? And they did then, a lot of work yeah. in that. Yeah. So yeah, go watch the the special feature. Oh, I'm not cool. sure if it's on Disney Plus. It's on our Blu-rays. I know that. So yeah, the the Notebook it's so iconic to this day. But yeah, if you're in a different region, that Notebook just says different things on it. Mm -hmm. No, notably, I want everyone notably. to note that Star Wars was crossed off and Star Trek was not. 
Could have been. Was it crossed off? Could've, I thought it was yeah. Slash. Well, like, it's done. Star Wars oh, was done. You watched I watched it. it. <laughs> Which would have been crazy because I wonder what he thought of Mace Windu. So the, the Russo brothers said that was on purpose. They wanted, they loved the idea of this series existing in the world where Nick Fury is a real person. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Samuel Jackson, huh, interesting. But also, Wait a second, that, that's that guy I know. I mean, it could also have been like Disney had just purchased Lucasfilm. So it was like, all right, yeah, we're going to cross off Star Wars. Yeah, you've seen that, but not Star Trek. That could have been. Now I think, doesn't Disney doesn't Disney also own Star Trek? I have no idea. I don't know. Who owns Star Trek? No, uh, Paramount. Paramount owns Star Trek. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Okay, so never mind. But the yeah, the opening sequence there, and then you have the Lumerian star. See, he jumps out of a freaking Quinjet. Was he wearing a parachute? No. No. <laughs> No, he wasn't. I mean, how cool is that? And Come then he, he takes out that entire boat. Oh, that was so sick. He goes around. He, he the punches are landing. There's weight to these hits. Yep. And then there's the one guy that almost gets the best of him. And he, oh, he almost, you know, we weren't doing fine without me. It was yeah. something like that. Well, also the ending fight scene between him and Batrock. Yeah. That is really where the action goes all out. You have these two absolute beasts. Notably, uh, WWE star plays uh, Batrack. I'm blanking on his name right there, but he's huge. One of the best fighters ever. And their fight is absolutely epic. I thought you were more than just a shield. Let's find out. He takes off his helmet. He puts his shield away and then epic. goes, come on, that... That absolutely solidifies Cap as an, a certified beast. He's a it, yeah, he was a beast before, but yeah, you're right. This this solidified it and really made him like. Uh, I think this builds off the character he was in mm. the past few films. But I love this. I caught up with Mike at church. We were just so excited about this movie, we couldn't contain our excitement to talk about it. So yeah, we broke we broke our cardinal rule. We talked about the movie just slightly. We talked about the movie just slightly before we podcasted. We know we don't like to do that. But something he highlighted at was um what was your one critique of this movie? There it doesn't lean into the romance as much as I would like it to be if I were to rate this ten out of ten. That's what's separating this movie from a 10 out of 10 for me. My comment on that is, if they had done that... Then it would have taken away from something else. Would have been a lesser the film. Yeah. The, well, no, Endgame. Like, if they, if, they would have, if they would have leaned into the relationship more between Sharon Carter and Cap, Endgame would not be as impactful. We're it not talking about Sharon. Not. Talking about Peggy. We're talking about Peggy. OG. Well, she's... The granny. She, she's in there. She yeah, is. She's, I want to feel the heartbreak like more. 90. No, no, no. But we want, like... Because oh, throughout want, the film, okay. Natasha's constantly trying to push Steve on with a new lady, and he's kind of entertaining the idea. I would have loved the idea. That's why I think when we get to our Endgame podcast, there will be some critiques in that department, but, I mean, fantastic film. I would have loved them leaning into more of the fact that she was his one and only love, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. they don't. Because by the time we get to Civil War, he is engaged in a relationship with Peggy, which is weird to me Sharon. because that's his thing is that he I, I think that the tragedy of having his one and only love being Peggy would have worked for me I think that would have been and a, they do they go back to it in Endgame and yeah. it's real sweet it's a real great moment but yeah I think I do like it I do like highlighting from, that yeah that yeah, they could have leaned into that a little more because you even have that scene where uh, they look at the founders of S.H.I.E.L.D. and uh, Natasha's like Who, who's a girl and he just doesn't say anything 
Like, do more of that. I would like more of that. Not that I want it to be a sad, dreary, like, oh, my goodness, I'm so depressed. But I think it's just because they didn't know where they it's wanted to take him. It's an important part yet. of Cap's character. And if you're not leaning into it as much, then I think... And yeah, story-wise, it doesn't work as well, but I think they just weren't sure the story where wise, they wanted to I think take they Cap. wanted him to move forward with a new love yeah. interest. Yeah. What do you guys think of Peggy in this movie? Well, I was going to say, the CGI. scene that they share, the, well, share, the scene that him and Peggy share on when she's at the hospital, like, oh my gosh, it's one of my favorite scenes in the entire film. Well, I couldn't leave my best girl. Yeah. Not when it's I owe so her sweet. a day. Like, I'm actually like, that oh. you just quoting it there gave me a little little chills. No, I actually like. Little. I'm not yeah, even lying. Too, I got. I like. <laughs> don't cry, my God. No, like I'm actually serious. Like that, the dialogue in this film. I and then she cuts that. right to her uh, amnesia, Alzheimer's, Alzheimer's. Yeah. And if you've cool. ever experienced someone with Alzheimer's in your life, that 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 scene hits a little harder in yeah. that department. You're like, oh man, this is real. Yeah, but that's the thing, dude. The those scenes, the movie's chock full of them, of scenes that just pull at your heartstrings. That scene in particular, and also this scene between him and Bucky. There's Who's actually Bucky? two scenes, but the one that I'm going to highlight right now is the flashback sequence that you, I remember you talking about this when I watched the movie, but their scene that they share with the, like he's aged back, he's in 19, like in the 40s, and he's like, thing is, you don't have to. I'm with you to the end of the line, pal. Like though, like that is what, and it just again, I'm reminded why the newer movies just are are subpar. They are. Where yeah. are moments like these? <clears throat> we're we're heading toward like this right now is golden the, era. the last. Well, of course, we're heading to a, a gold. Uh, we're headed to a golden era, but this movie is the last movie that is not reliant on comedy. Throughout almost the whole runtime of the movie, what now about Age of Ultron, Age of Ultron's pretty comedy okay. centric, and Ant Man is full of that. And we have Civil Guardians. Guardians darker. rewrites the MCU in yes. many ways, and that's the thing. But th this is the movie before Guardians, and so it's all just it's pretty. It's a pretty bleak movie. It just is. And I want to say the moments of comedy that do exist. We had a listener actually, you know, shout that out in the movie. The Moments of comedy that do work, they, you know, it, it, there is that MCU-esque humor to it. Like, after, after Cap says, you know, he gives his absolutely epic speech. If you launch those helicarriers today, Hydra will be able to kill anyone that stands in their way. Unless we stop them. And I know I'm asking a lot. But the price of freedom is high always has been and it's a price I'm willing to pay and if I'm the only one then so be it but I'm willing to bet I'm not 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 don't have Falcon come back and, and be like did you just come out there at the top of your head like like okay I that's my least favorite stuff when there's a really yeah. good line and the MCU undercuts it for some reason like the the, one of the most famous uses of this is in uh, Infinity War when Spider-Man's like, I can't be the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man if there's no neighborhood. And then he immediately goes, oh, wait, that, that makes no sense. What do you mean? That makes, no, per <laughs> that makes perfect sense. 
That's a I think it line. might work for maybe one line, two lines in the whole movie. But when it's the most impactful line, they shouldn't be doing that. And the Winter Soldier has enough serious lines where they can undercut one or two of them. Yeah. This is yes. a very serious movie. This is a, I think that <clears throat> this has one of the deepest plot lines out of any of our oh, yeah, MCU movies. For sure. For sure. Yeah. We'll expand upon it. What do you mean by that? Because we get this whose side are we on? Which, who do we trust here? Uh, Nick Fury sets it up pretty early on that you can't trust anybody. You can't trust, he, he, he talks about his grandpa and how his grandpa was a uh, bellhop in an elevator. He, uh, for years, he would go up and down and he'd take tips and all this stuff. And eventually he started not to trust the neighbors. And uh, when people would ask, hey, what's in the, what's in the bag? He would show him. He'd show him. He'd show him. Bunch of crumple ones and a loaded 22 Magnum. Like, like what a story. He's saying, stay strapped or get clapped. <laughs> there you go. That's the lesson from Nick Fury. And so then he shows Captain America, stay strapped. Yeah, I know. They're a bit bigger than a 22. He's got three freaking helicarriers just sitting downstairs. Mm. Like, how cool is that moment, though? Yeah, I know. And the music swells. And it's it's going over these three helicarriers, and it's all the guns are moving and getting ready or calibrating or something. And you're like, wow, where was this in Infinity War? I, I forgot that these things were destroyed at the end of the movie. And uh, I, I, I lean over to Parker. I'm like, Parker, where were these? And he says, oh, they blow up at the end of the movie. I was like, oh. <laughs> well, thanks. Spoilers. <laughs> yeah. How long has it been since you've seen this movie? I definitely remember watching it, but I don't remember. So, what scenes do you remember from your last the watch? Bucky scenes, dude? The Bucky scenes are so good. I specifically remember the fights between Cap and Bucky. I remember um, uh, the boat at the beginning. Totally remember those. Those those stuck out to me. The the great action. The yeah. great action parts in this movie, and that's most of this movie. That's a good. Yep. I, I remember a little bit of uh, Sam Jackson's um, Nick Fury parts. If if Shang Chi didn't exist, I'd say this probably has the best combat in the MCU. Oh yeah. Uh, unless Still I'm arguably something? the best. I like how this one doesn't have. I, too many supernatural abilities. Sure, there's the super soldier serum, but besides that. It's all practical combat. Well, I mean, that's something the Russo brothers, they emphasize. They rarely had CGI a part of this movie at all. Mm. They, if they could they do still, it practically... They still did a lot of CGI, yeah, though. Absolutely, but they, they had the cardinal rule of, if we can do it, we're going to do it. We're mm, not going to use CGI. That's why it looks so great. And so, like, even when they're fighting on the helicarrier, those sequences, they're... I mean, yeah, there's a CGI screen around them, but everything they fight on, if we could build it, we did. Right. Yeah, like, regardless of uh, how good CGI is, you can just tell. Like, the cars in this movie, far far as my knowledge goes, those are real cars. Yeah. They're blowing up. That it's poor Bronco, cool. man. It's just cool. Yeah. Oh, I beat it up. Are you okay there, dude? <laughs> I punched my mic stand on accident. <laughs> so something. So not only did it, do I think that this movie took Captain America and made him even better, I think they did the exact same with uh, Black Widow. Yeah, and this Natasha. is more, I think this is just as much of a Captain America movie as it is Black Widow in some ways. Some ways, yeah. I mean, I, they well, introduce her in, what was that, Iron Man 2? And they don't do much with her in they that don't. movie. They don't. They just introduce her, and now they give her to the Russo Brothers, say, make her your own. 
And then, boom, she is a fully fleshed out character by the end of this movie. I agree. She, I think uh, Avengers and Iron Man 2, she wasn't quite as much of a contributing factor, but now she is. Now all we need is a Hawkeye, I think. Right? She, yeah, <laughs> right. I think it's because of this movie also that I, I had a, a massive crush, crush? Oh, on okay, Natasha yeah. Romanoff. Or I should I should, <laughs> I should, I should, I should yeah. just Scar- say Scarlett Johansson from the years of like 2014 to 2016. And like, her scenes are really good. There's that scene in the opening when she's propelling down the, oh, yes, the uh, stairwell. Yes. And she's shooting the dudes. The it, guys on the top, she goes... <laughs> yeah. yeah, and when they're going on the escalator... Oh, when they Mac? <laughs> when they Mac? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so the Mac. Public dude, the Anthony Mackie is pretty good in this movie, too. <laughs> it was pretty convenient for him to just have the Falcon wings, wasn't it? That's well, true. He doesn't have yes. them. Well, like, he They're, has access to them, just, you know, the top secret super... Um, Super wings. No, of no he, they actually do have to. I mean, it's off screen, but they do have to go get them. They are behind. But I like walls, conveniently off screen. I like not yeah. showing us that because it just shows like a confidence in the material. Mm-hmm. A lesser movie, they yeah. have to show that scene. But I, I know for yeah. a fact Black Widow, Sam, and Cap can break in yeah, somewhere. It didn't and bother me. Yeah, they can steal wings easily. And it's also it makes the reveal of that suit all the more really better cool. because yeah. you don't. Up until that point, you don't really get what the suit. You're like, Falcon, Does. okay, what's that? And then they kick uh, What's-His-Face off the building. You're right. It's not my style. It's hers. <laughs> and she kicks him off the thing. He's like, <laughs> his, his scream is so great. Jasper Sitwell. We also get a, yeah. uh, a Doctor Strange name drop. Stephen yeah. Strange. Which I, okay, so I, I just noticed that on my last watch of this film. It was like a couple years ago. I, I never put two and two together. Like, I, I was like, that was one of my few... Immediate it, it live comments. It line, but that I said. Easter eggs like that, I'm all game for. I love Easter eggs like that. You, you gotta know, be a fan to know. One uh, one minor role that I, I thought was interesting was Zola in this movie. That he was... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he was a mind in a basement of the camp that Cap was trained at. Yeah. Wow, I, it just I, happened to be there. The, arm, the ammo bay or <laughs> whatever their there? official term is. <laughs> well, I don't know how... I guess it's kind of one of those things you just don't think about because uh-huh. like you're telling me that this can just consciously think and talk. Yeah, I, I looked it up. And so he says in the movie that his brain was stored on 200,000 feet of tape. And I was like, okay, <laughs> all right, okay. Uh, magnetic tape does not hold that much storage. Let me just say that. And 200,000 feet, sure, it sounds like a lot of feet. Um but 200,000 feet of magnetic storage is about 16 gigabytes. <laughs> so what would a standard VHS be? How many how oh, many feet is that? Uh, Look that up. How many feet in how a many VHSs VHS does tape? Armin Zola fit on? <laughs> 1,410 feet. In one VHS? In one VHS. Okay, tape. so 200 of those. 200 VHS And that, that's a maximum. That's like if you get the really full ones that are five hours long. Lord of the Rings. like Yeah. Extended cut, yeah. VHS, VHS, and an extended play, and that's um. So you've got about what two hundred VHS tapes hanging around in that basement, and of course they're they're a lot thicker because it's the the real the real stuff. But it, sixty gigabytes, man, and and tape only lasts about ten to twenty years before it deteriorates. That's my biggest complaint with the movie Zola. You're trash. <laughs> 
I liked watching the outtakes, uh, the the gag reel, because ScarJo just has such a bad time uh, saying the IT lines. She's like, "We gotta hack into the mainframe. Oh, they must have used a, 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 a router to." <laughs> Yeah, of course they use a router. That's how you connect to the internet, idiot. Oh, jeez. Johansson, what the heck? Come on, Russo Brothers, get your IT lines right. Come so on. it's funny. As an IT professional, this is what I got to do. I, exactly. So I know you guys have probably seen Honest Trailers before, right? Yeah. Screen Junkies, Honest Trailers. The Russo Brothers sat down with Screen Junkies and watched the Honest Trailer together and reacted to it. But apparently on the set of this movie, it was a inside joke that the Russo brothers, they had to honest trailer or they had to make it honest trailer proof, make the film honest trailer proof. So any they'd go through the script and they look through things and they go, mm, we got honest trailer proof that they're no, mm. they're totally going to mention that. Yeah. Yeah. How cool is that? That they these That's guys they should be doing. have the YouTube knowledge to go. I don't. I don't want them to make fun of this in a in a video. Let's let's do something. Did Honest Trailers make Winter Soldier one of the best Marvel movies ever made? What was cringe about this movie? Well, okay, so I wanted to ask it because besides Peggy and that Peggy Steve relationship, what criticisms do you have of this movie? Because I was thinking on the way here, what do I have to say negative things bad about say? this movie? Like, what, I'm sitting. I'm trying to sit here and think. Acting, no, that's that's great. Action's great. Um, any plot elements work aside from some minor cringe humor at times. I would have liked. I don't to see... really slight the movie for that though. There are some things that I would have liked to see, but it doesn't really take away from the movie. Like I would have liked to see the behind the curtain how uh, Nick Fury survived. I would have liked to like. Oh, we hired this doctor, and then uh, we paid him off so that he would, um, and then just see the shot of. Of injecting in, injection go into him or something. Okay, so sure. Fake out death. Yes, fake out death. That's a critique we could have because fake out deaths are really like not the most fun. Ever. But that's the way he had to do it. We haven't seen that yet in the MCU. It was a first. I'll pass it. I mean, I'll, I'll counteract that with our our good who died? good man agent Phil Coulson, uh, who yeah. they famously killed in the Avengers, Ooh. and then. Uh, he hasn't faced out yet. If you if you watch no, if you watched the if you watched it on the Blu-ray, there was a trailer for Agents of Shield before this. Mine was Guardians. So I had Guardians too. I had I had both those. But anyway, I just while we're on the topic of Agents of Shield, I want to mention that. So the next week after this episode aired, so Agents of Shield, it's about Shield. This was like the most connected the MCU has been. And I wish that the Disney Plus shows could be this connected. But there was an episode that aired. And then that next next week after this movie came out, that episode was affected by Hydra being revealed in S.H.I.E.L.D., which is just yes, such a cool whoa. touch to throw in there. Because if you're if you're sitting there watching just Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and that happens, you're like, oh, crap, that movie was just spoiled for me. But Oof. for the huge fans of it, it's really cool that they did that. I, I love the that connectivity really of that. Cool, yeah. man. I like that a lot. Huh. I w well, I wish I was watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, you said, aren't you watching it right now? I'm trying to. Episodes 17 and 18 are concurrent with Steve Rogers' battle at the Triskelion. Oh, that's really cool. And they I'm just they, they mentioned the event. Have you ever seen the episode? I've seen the episode, yeah. They like mention events that are going on in yeah, real and it, time. It, it affects it, yeah. Oh, wow. That's really cool. Yeah. As far as 
interconnectivity between the Disney Plus shows, there hasn't been... Like, I mean, events lead to certain things in the films. You can't watch Doctor Strange Multiverse I mean, of Madness without Yeah, they barely connect the, the new shows to the movies, let yeah. alone the old ones that were directly releasing alongside the movies. Huh. Interesting. So, that yeah, was a cool experiment they, they did. I wonder if that's why they haven't connected them yet. Another character that was, you know, like, as part of S.H.I.E.L.D., Hawkeye was supposed to be in this movie. Mm. Jeremy Renner was I actually that contracted. That's what the filmmakers thought, actually. Yeah. Uh, he was contracted to be in this movie as like a little cameo, actually to hunt down Captain America. Huh. Oh, that would be that would bring a really interesting dynamic. Just for one scene. They yeah. have a little apparently it was supposed to there have a conversation. What's going on? Obviously, Hawkeye's also an Avenger. So he's like, all right, Cap, also, I totally Hawkeye get it. Hawkeye would get clapped. Yes. He said that he lost the fight on purpose because the cameras were rolling and the people were watching him on like the news. Hydra was watching him. So like, oh, he got away. No, maybe we all we got all got away. Cap would have killed him. I think that 100%. if they had Hawkeye in this movie, it would have been just another movie where there's a main character and then Black Widow and Hawkeye. Yeah, and that's because what, that would have been yeah. the third one in a row. <laughs> the Russo said that, and they were like, "Yeah, we don't want to just." Bring him in with no depth. Yeah, because after that, they could have just kept going with right. Black Widow, Hawkeye as the B-list characters for the rest of the MCU, and it wouldn't have worked. But I like that Black Widow is not... Unfortunately, Hulk is sidelined for you know much of Phase 2 solo projects, and so is Hawkeye. Hawkeye hasn't even like a part of anything. At least we get that little cameo well, in Iron Man there's, 3. There's two movies left. In phase well, two. I mean, the next... Oh, no, three. Ant-Man. Well, yeah, but the next, like... Which I haven't seen. I'm so pumped. Oh, my God. I can't... <laughs> that's that's part of the joy of watching it with you, Micah, because you haven't seen these movies in a long time or haven't seen them at all. Yeah. So, Ethan and I have seen these umpteen times, so it's nice watching them with you who, like... Fresh eyes. Oh, fresh, fresh eyes, yeah, yeah. Fresh eyes, yeah. It's, we're, it's we're, really we're nice. way too nostalgic towards this film, so it's cool having you in here and you're equally like, oh, yeah. yeah. Great great movies are great movies, as we say, and this just is one of those great movies. But yeah, well, I'm, speaking of speaking of great parts about this movie, do you wanna do you wanna kind of move on to the next segment here? Well, do we have more things Ethan, to say? You were gonna, you were gonna. Yeah. Do we have something. any other negatives before we move on? Because I mean, it's easy to sit here and praise this movie because it just is that great. And there oh, are oh, what's his name? The president of Shield, I thought was a bit weak. Uh, Alexander Pierce. Oh, I, I think that he had some really? spots where, like. Is is acting, not as scripting, just as acting wasn't there. Robert Redford. Mm -hmm. I thought he was fantastic, man. Okay, in almost everything he did. In, I thought so, he just kind of stood there and an said his lines, and like in the office scene, he just like stood there and he's just like, "All right, I got my thing, and you're gonna, I'm gonna put a two inch hole in your chest." Because, oh, okay, okay, yeah. I don't know. That was just minor things. Minor things. Yeah, and. I, I, I like his first scene though. His first uh, when when he's like interrogating Cap, that was a good scene. I didn't like how he ended the the movie though. Well, almost in a way, in a fanatical sense, Hydra makes sense. Like in, yeah. that, in that Nazi sense. Like I don't agree with what they're doing at all. Hydra, but in yeah. a way, this guy is totally on board. He's like to to bring about peace to seven billion people. They got to kill a measly 200 million to right. bring peace. Right. Mm. No, they're, they like should be there. They're gradually moving up in threats. What's an Avenger level threat? Okay. So first it's New York. Then it's 
millions of people every second with these things. Then it's the galaxy Ultron. Right? Guardians of the Galaxy, though you're skipping oh, that. Oh one. yeah, oh, yeah. I, I'm going like the big, the bigger movies. So that Ultron, <laughs> the movies right? that matter, the movies that matter, <laughs> the Ultron, where he's got these robots. Okay, well, th- this could be the whole world. And now, uh, then, then we get into Infinity War, where it's half the population, and then um, Endgame with half the population returning. Yeah, they do. They do get progressively bigger. I mean, even more. Which is a nice progression. This is nice. Yeah, I agree. Other than that, answer your question, Ethan. I have no real. I mean, I, I guess one critique could be the name of the film. I mean, to have um, the movie called The Winter Soldier and have The Winter Soldier in probably, what do we say, fifteen minutes of this movie, that could be a negative. But I don't, I don't think. I it like is. to connect uh, Winter Soldier to Phantom Menace, where Darth Maul was only like fifteen minutes of the movie, but he made that whole thing. He but you also, I wouldn't put those two on the and same level. And Winter Soldier, I'd say, is one of the best and parts also, of this movie. And it was only I will say minutes. this. The Phantom Menace is not Darth Maul. The Phantom Menace is Palpatine. That's true. Yeah, loser. The, well, I meant like the movies. The, yeah. the titles. But Trash. I don't think that's a negative, though. Winter Soldier. Like, I, so what I like is that they usually will take, from now on, they go into like naming these movies. And it's based off of comic book titles. But the movie is not a direct adaption of that comic right, book. That's right. like the big thing everyone criticizes Age of Ultron for. Oh, it's not an Age of Ultron. It's more like a week of Ultron. Okay, what? what? That's stupid. He's in the movie. They are basing it off of the comics in almost name only. They're, the MCU is telling their own story. Mm-hmm. They never claim... I mean, Civil War is a, a great example of that. Speaking of Age of Ultron, how about that uh, post credit scene? With yeah, mutants. I, uh, I wrote this down. It says, uh, or where was it? Oh, yeah, post credit scene. This is the age of mutants. Oh, wait, wait, wait. We don't, we don't have the rights to that word. This is the age of, uh, of miracles. Quick people and miracles. red hands. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Say, I, it's so obvious. This is the age of uh, miracles. It did, like, take yourself back to that scene. Yeah, the first time you see it. Excuse me. Did you guys know who those two were? I remember watching that post credit scene for the first time way back when, and then people were coming out of the theater, or my uncle was probably talking about it. Someone, and they were like, "There's mutants. There's gonna be mutants in the MCU now." I'm like, oh, that's cool. cool. Yeah, I like I like Wolverine. Well, that, that's what I'm saying. Like that, that's a great post credit scene, man. You're like, what? Who are they? You go home. Uh, Captain America post credit scene explained. I feel like I never watch those movie those videos anymore mm. on YouTube. Oh yeah, Hercules. I pretty much know almost everything there is to know about that character. I know oh, he's going yeah, to or that okay. you care to know about that character. Exactly. You could know more. Exactly. Mm. I don't really care to I know. know we're all doing that with uh, that's... Doctor Strange 2 post credit scene. Well, mm. Who the heck is that? Third yeah. Eye? What's this about? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And also Ant-Man 3. That there was another one where I was I've watched a lot of that. Love and but, the, uh, well, no. Uh, so not a lot of not a so lot of big critiques. Before we jump into yeah. favorite scene, I just want to kind of make a subcategory because the action in this movie is so great. So I want to do because I don't know Ooh. if our favorite action scenes will all get to be praised. So I want to do a separate subcategory. Favorite action scene in when this movie. Bucky like catches the shield for the first time and he's got the mask up and he's he's doing like the the look. That's and single. then he just throws it back and Ooh. Cap dodges it okay. and it hits the bus. Dude, I like that, that one shot. Whew. That's good. And then it goes right into the fight. I'm going to take Lumerian Star. There's, it's almost unbeatable. 
in my opinion, as far as action scene, I mean, there's full of great action, but like the oh, yeah. way he pres- like takes out each one of those guys so good. is beautiful. It's a gr- yeah. I'll take the the bridge, the highway fight, just when. <laughs> The, the Winter Soldier really getting his first the, 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 an image from this movie that always just sticks in my head is when he, he stabs the the van and it just <laughs> mechanically shreds through the van with a knife like that that that's scary mm. and I love that hand to hand combat Bucky with his knife when he first unsheathes his knife and he does the twirl just effortless and then he's like stabbing him he's like, you know he's moving around. It, it's such a good sequence. Watch those scenes, uh, guys. It, it, they're indescribable how quick because they move so quick. They move so fast. Yeah, and yeah. every single spot. It, it's it reminds me almost of uh, the. Uh, I mean, it's no comparison, sure, but the episode three uh, battle on Mustafar fight. How fast everything is. Oh, yeah, yeah. How fast every, they practice this for sure mm-hmm. over and over and over again. Tells right. If this one feels like. Even though it's probably choreographed very heavily, you don't feel that mm. as much as you, you do. You don't in feel Revenge the, the waiting for the next hit, right. boom, catch. It's just push. natural. Right. It feels you like, feel like that it. guy's trying to kill Cap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's beautiful. Whoa, Speaking whoa. of natural, you know who is a natural? Stanley back at it again. <laughs> yes. We talked about Mackie getting his his suit, but we didn't talk about how Cap gets his suit we back. We remiss without and, mentioning. Uh, that's right. Stanley's cameo in this movie, guys. He's the the Smithsonian janitor or guard, or yeah, he's the guard, and uh, he walks into the Cap exhibit and notices that the original Cap suit is missing. Oh man! Because he took it. I am so that's fired. <laughs> I'm so. Fired. I am so fired. <laughs> oh, dude, that's so good. I love that, and. Oh, shoot. Hold on. Where was I going with this? There, there's a point I wanted to make about the, the Marvel movies that we're talking about right now and how they relate to what's going on in the present day, but it's escaping my mind. Is it scroll invasion? No, it's not. And I, I'm, I'm blanking on it. I'm remissing. But I, I also want to mention before we get into favorite scene, the score by Henry Jackman oh, yes. is probably one of the best scores. Henry Jackman, yet. not Hugh Jackman, for those of you listening at home. Good getting catch. a little confused. Yeah. Indeed. It's probably one of the best scores that we have on this watch through yet. I also do want to highlight in my so I have notes that I took during this movie, and I just said, Bro finesses that Quinjet. And he really did. When oh. he took down that Quinjet. Oh, that was just, so good. <laughs> just with his motorcycle and his shield. He was very John Wick-esque in this movie. Just getting away from... He was excommunicado, dude. I guess... Gosh, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> he was excommunicado from I mean, S.H.I.E.L.D. I guess one critique is when he just jumps out of Take down the, the elevator. elevator and he just falls right out his arm. Like, oh, he felt it, though. See, he, super he soldier. I kind of love that, though. It's a great. It's, because, it's comic booky. Well, yeah. Not because of what happens, but then what the agent says after that, he's watching, they're all watching, he's like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? <laughs> it's like, that was great. Because it's like very self-aware, because we're all yeah. thinking it, too. We're like, are you kidding me? That was insane. Right. That was so cool. And Agent Sitwell's just equally frustrated. And then he gets, on his, he gets on his Harley and just... Mm, out of there oh it's beautiful so one uh this is more of a critique on the first movie but he's sitting there and he's looking at the journey that the howling commandos had when he's in the museum and it's just going back to what we said about the first movie we don't really get that we get a montage of the howling commandos it would have been cooler to dive into them as characters but i don't really care that's just 
That's just something I noted. That's definitely a slight on the first movie. But right. with that, gentlemen, let's move into let's move into favorite scenes in Winter Soldier, of which there are so many great scenes, and it's hard to kind of narrow it down. But let's let's attempt to do that right now. And it, Micah, do you have? Uh, uh, I'm going to traffic shoot. jam. <laughs> traffic jam. I don't know. That's what it's called. That's what I'll call it. Uh, when uh, Bucky just Bucky and Cap duking it out in in the middle of the highway. Oh man, that was. I think from the point that what's his name is thrown out the car window into oncoming traffic just so suddenly, very the boys or uh, invincible esque shock factor. Yes, that dude just got slaughtered. <laughs> well, so all the way up until um, the the fight finishes and he says, "Who's Bucky?" Yeah. Oh man. Well, even so, are you including the the Nick Fury sequence in there? Oh, as dude. part of that. I don't know. Or are you just are you just talking about Oof, when Bucky that's attacks? That's fantastic. Yeah. Um I like the I like the Nick Fury scene, I think, almost just as much. It's so good. Yeah, I was gonna make sure we mentioned that. That's yeah. not my favorite scene, but that scene is just that might be my favorite scene. But it's great. It, I've it's never a, seen a better car chase where they don't move for a good portion of it. <laughs> like, that's a good point. That's epic. Yeah. <laughs> and then the car chase happens after all this damage has already happened to the car. That's good. Yeah. And I love his interplay between the uh, AI and the car. Well, what's not damaged? Air conditioning. Air conditioning. <laughs> operational. <laughs> like that that bit of humor, I think, really, really I works. I like that a lot. I like that mm. a lot. But um, yeah, the way that, um, you know, uh, Nick Fury just, he absolutely obliterates all these fake cops. He's the the biggest man on campus. Like you're like, that's how that guy got his job. He's a beast. And then just, you see, this is our first action scene with Nick Fury, isn't it? We haven't uh, gotten anything. Yeah. She, when I think uh, so, right? Hawkeye attacks the helicarrier, Nick Fury is, you know, pointing a gun. There. Okay. He's, he's doing some oh, action, okay. but <laughs> he's got, a, he's got a lot more to do. In this, this is one. Nick Fury's first big moment. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, he, he's, he's beat all the fake cops. And then you just see the winter soldier. He shoots his gun. Yeah. Goes right under his cab. Flips him. Gets his lightsaber and out. As yep. the yeah. as the car is going by, he just turns away. Just as dodges the car it. like yeah. oh it's, it's so cool. Favorite scene, Ethan. Favorite scene. Uh it's gotta be the, the culmination of the film. I as the the Mission Impossible fan I am, if we're talking about a spy thriller, I have to give props to the mask reveal. When Natasha rips her mask off, it's her at the end. But then the 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 chair also during this scene, I'm kind of uh, no, I'll leave it out. I'll leave the Bucky and Steve stuff out because I'm sure you'll mention that in your favorite scene. That's also happening at the same time. But I just I remember even as a kid. Or not as a kid, when I was 13 when I saw this. This scene was just awesome. Retinal scanner active. <laughs> you don't think we wiped your clearance from the system? I know you erased my password. Probably deleted my retinal scan. But if you want to stay ahead of me, Mr. Secretary, you need to keep both eyes open. Oh, rips, rips the eye patch off. Gets the eye recognition. Yep. Ooh. So good. Oh, this is also the first mention of his eye and what happened to it. And he's like, <laughs> last time I trusted someone, I lost an eye. And that hurts that moment. The moment in Captain Marvel hurts this we moment in this movie. That because moment, no. now it's not, oh my gosh, I wonder how that happened. Now it's, 
Oh, it's that darn cat. Oh, cat. That. He trusted that cat mm. with his eye. Yeah, like what? <laughs> yeah. And real quick, while while we're on it, since we we brought up Captain Marvel, so Nick Fury he famously burns his eye patch at the end of this movie, and then later we see him with his eye patch again. The theory is any future appearance of him with his eye patch oh. is Nick Fury as a scroll. Which would make sense because he's revealed as a scroll in Far From Home. Mm-hmm. When would that a transition have taken place? I guess I'll have to look out for that. Somewhere in between, you know, th- this movie and Far From Home. So yeah. almost, I, I think that's like he leaves a timeline of about five. And then we do have we do have secret years. invasion coming up for those of you watching this concurrently with real time. That that trailer looks looks very Winter Soldier esque. Really good. Yeah, who's really directing? Fantastic. That? I'm not sure actually. Could you could you look that up? I'm look that up. I'm gonna say my favorite scene. I'm actually gonna mention two scenes because I yes, it. I am gonna take. Well, actually, no, I'm not gonna take that scene Kyle between Bradstreet. Captain America and Bucky on the helicarriers, but that scene I do want to highlight because it's absolutely fantastic. The emotion that's built between the two, not in this movie, not just in this movie, but in the first Avenger. <laughs> Finish it. Because I'm with you to the end of the line. It's so brutal, and the the music plays so well in that moment too. And as he goes into the water, they drags him out across the mud. In a moment to where, okay, maybe there is some good left in the Winter Soldier, but he walks away. That scene hits so well, and all of the feelings that Steve and you as a viewer have throughout the movie culminate so well in that scene. I had to highlight it, but I think the scene I'm going to take as my favorite scene is the scene actually that hit me the hardest in this movie. And that's the interplay between Captain America and Peggy Carter. Peggy. Yeah. That is my favorite scene. Okay. It draw, it drew out the most emotion in me, just their conversation. And I want to highlight a moment that happens with Peggy and they're having their conversation just in real time. Could you imagine that? And I think the realization hits her mid-conversation. Yeah. And she gets emotional. It's Steve, you're alive. It's been so long. My mm. only regret is that you didn't get to live your life. Like I'm actually I'm actually tearing up right now as I talk about it. Because <laughs> crying, it's crying, folks. It's that good. You want a tissue? I got a box right there. <laughs> I'm not, like I'm not even kidding you guys right now. That scene is so fantastic. But I think be, like it's that fantastic because of how good Endgame is and the, their their story together and apart. Steve. Yeah. <laughs> You're alive. You, you came. You came back. Yeah. It's been so long. So long. Well, I couldn't leave my best girl. Not when she owes me a dance. It's uh, it's so good. But that's a, that's a scene I'm gonna take. Yeah, great we, scene. We great scene pick. We didn't do favorite character. I usually do character and then scene. Well, we we messed it we up. We can do that now. Micah. Yeah, uh, Secret Invasion has some oh, yeah, nobody yeah. directors right now. Oh, like, we don't I've never heard of them. Oh, okay. Did you hear uh, the... One dude did Mr. Robot, nine episodes of that, and then the other guy has done literally nothing. What about the writers of that? That's it. There's two guys that they have credited right now. Oh. They have a created by, and then they have a director. 
Oh, so I, I will no say idea. this. I just remember this. My biggest critique of this movie. Oh, Bucky, Bucky's mask entirely for the plot. Entirely. Once we're once it's revealed, it's Bucky never oh, shows up again. Why does the winter? He doesn't even need the mask anymore. I'll ditch that. Right. Why, why does he wear it to begin? Mm. For coolness. For plot. That, that, that would be the single biggest thing I noted. But I like that they went that way. Because yeah. the there's only one other scene he appears in public without his mask mm-hmm. after that scene. And it's when he faces Cap. And you need you need all of the face you to display face, yeah. emotion. So I, 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 I like think it's choice. funny. I think it's yeah, funny. That's true. Oh, he, he doesn't need the mask anymore because Cap knows who he is. Yeah. Bucky? Well, I'll be quick on my favorite character. I'm going to say Samuel Jackson's Nick Fury. Um, for okay. a reason we already mentioned, I love that that yep. scene um, where he's in the car, the suburban makes you want to get a tank <laughs> of a car and just go wrecking down <laughs> Washington DC. Install a machine gun in the front dash. Oh yeah, <laughs> shoot the police. Uh, have a heads up display and have a uh, automatic um, Air injection for anesthesia yeah. or whatever. No, not anesthesia. Whatever it's called. Whatever he takes. Yeah. Uh, whatever. Yeah. yeah. That'd be cool. No, it is actually. Yeah. It's an I, anesthetic But injection. my favorite concept in this movie is the concept of the tapes. Cap. No. <laughs> Cap sticking to like the mission and his his dedication to his goals, right? And I love how we were introduced early on on the ship, you know, that's not our mission. That's not your mission. Mm. Well, okay. <laughs> yeah. And then we get it later, we get okay, what was what is your mission, Cap? Uh, I love that plot line. Yeah. It's a great element to this film. And, so and Nick, it goes into Civil War's um, Cap as well. And you said Nick Fury was your favorite character. Nick Fury, yep. We'll okay. say Nick. Ethan. Favorite character. will come up again for a while. I think just like, because we already loved Cap going into this, but someone that we weren't really... Uh, we, we still loved her, but she really was solidified as a really great character in this movie. I'm taking... Uh, Scarlett Johansson, yeah. Natasha. Scarlett I love. Yeah, she's so good in this movie. Like Ben said, he had a crush on her growing up. I think that crush was reignited uh, this weekend when we all watched it for sure. <laughs> <Very soon>. uh, <laughs> she's just really good. Yeah, her the relationship we has have with Cap in this film. The the Russo brothers said they wanted to make it like a work work husband and work wife, and they even said like friend uh, from work. Yeah, friend from work. They they said that they never wanted them to get romantic in I any way. I love that part and of that. I don't yeah. feel like that happened no, in the movie. No, they, they're just like, oh, yeah. Even the kiss at the end doesn't feel romantic. No, no it, it's like, you're you're my friend. Yeah, yeah. yeah they show, okay, <clears throat> this is as platonic as it gets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is great. I, if you were going to pick Scarlett Johansson, yeah, I, no, I, I take her. To. I just She's think great. She, her action sequences are great, and just her, her dialogue with Cap, and just what she brings to the movie as like a... Uh, a grounded character, yeah. I'd say, just someone for Cap to be with, is just really good. Then, mm-hmm. uh, real quick for completeness, uh, this movie made seven hundred fourteen million in the box office. Commercial success made four times its budget of uh, one hundred seventy mil. Oh, wow! Uh, Captain Marvel made one point one billion, which is I will always That's be insane. baffled at that fact. <laughs> How did it do that? How did that movie do that? I guess wow. they were really carried by that uh, endgame post credit scene, man. Most I will them. say, I was excited to see that movie when it was premiering. Captain Marvel? Yeah. I was too. Anyway, Ben, favorite uh, <laughs> character? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm going to take Cap. Uh, Good stuff. If you guys no are, Cap I'm going there. to. Absolutely. His, He's wearing the shirt. His journey from the first movie now to the second movie in 
patriotic. That's the first movie. This is patriotic. And now it's, we're going to break that down. We're going to show you that the government in the, our world now today, it needs someone like Cap to keep it in check, to deal with the threats of the modern world. Because like like he uh, Pierce says in the movie, to make a truly better world, sometimes you got to break the old one mm-hmm. down. And it's a great little plot line and thread line that goes thematically between the two. You have your first one, and that's all about Cap, you know, and America. And this one is about tearing all of that down, you know, and really challenging what Cap is as a character. And that goes on to affect him. It's the whole reason he has a whole side in Civil War. It's because of this movie that he does not trust authority, the government. Mm -hmm. Hydra, his whole world was taken over. And I think the journey in this movie, and also just Cap has some great lines. His speech at the end there, the price of freedom is high. It's the price I'm willing to pay. That whole thing is fantastic. So I'm taking Cap for sure. I mean, we're not going to fight with that pick. No way. I just, something that I don't think we really talked about was just the, the general reveal of Hydra being a part of S.H.I.E.L.D. Just the, the hail Hydra of it all. Like, I remember at the time the memes going around of like Kermit, yeah. the, Kermit the Frog leading over to Elmo. Hail Hydra. It, like, why was that funny? It just was at the time. No. And, yeah. Go no, ahead. It absolutely was. I remember with my buddies. After that came out, we, my, we were sitting in church one time. My buddy just sings over it was that's what that's just what it was. I like that you point that out. I, yeah. dude, I off the top of my head, I just remember that. That's and I awesome. love that. Uh, you know what? Uh, in the in our last Avengers film, Tony Stark he he took all the Shield files and read them. He didn't learn this. That's how secret this this was. You know, every I'm, dirty oh, secret Shield right? has ever hit. Right, not this not one. that one. Yeah. you failed, no. Tony. You failed. Uh, before we dive into score, there are a few things I want to okay. just highlight. Um, Alan Dale, a.k.a. Charles Widmore from Lost, he's in this oh. film. I want to make sure oh, we mention yes, that. yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. You have to. I was going to say. And then from Community, we've got, uh, um, uh, what's his name? Putty. Uh, yeah, Danny Putty. Danny Putty, yeah. Who plays uh, Ahmed? Uh, Abed. 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 Troy and, a- Troy and Abed in the morning. Yeah. Good stuff. From uh so the Rooster Brothers directed community for yeah. those two episodes and now they brought him on. That was and great. We, uh, we legendarily see the the Bluth stare uh that they're from their arrested development. We see the Bluth stare car in the air airport fight in Civil War. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right, you're right, you're right. Okay. Very good. I feel like we're missing another cameo in this movie though. I don't know what it oh, is. Oh uh the one guy in the council, I believe, is also in the Dark Knight. Yes, yes. he's is the he's the Korean about? business owner. Yep. That's all the way. Lao won't extradite one of their. Yep. Okay. Or Chinese, I should say. Yeah. Yes. Very good. All right, gentlemen. Scores. Now's the time. Yes. Where's this gonna land? All right. I've got my score. I can lead. Can okay. I lead? Go yeah, for it. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. As a part of this Marvel movie marathon, we we collectively, if, if you're joining us for the first time, which Hopefully you are, because this, this podcast is going to get 100,000 views. Uh, this one specifically. <laughs> this one specifically, because it's such a great film. Yeah, because you can wear shorts. We, oh, I wore shorts. Yeah. I, I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, we, we give our scores, and we throw it into our average, and then we, then we throw it into our ultimate ranking. So I, I've already broke the, broke the vase, per se, you know. 
I've, I've already given out my first 10. So it's all the more easy to give out another 10. Dang. <laughs> this is a 10. This is a 10. I, a 10? There's nothing I change about this movie. This movie just simply put is great. It is the best Whoa. standalone movie we've gotten. I'd say, I mean, your I, average rating is going way up. My average rating times. is going <laughs> way up. Yeah, and that's fine. It that's might fine actually be the best standalone Marvel movie. Oh, yeah. It might it could be. be. Fair. Yeah, it, it's, I think this will. This is going to earn a spot in, I know, our top three for sure. And it's going to stay there for, for a long time, I think. This is a great movie, and I, there, I have no problems giving this a 10 out of 10. I just think it. Wow. Yeah. I, wow. I, I, I tried this whole podcast scratching the surface of trying to like look at negatives, but yeah, I love this movie. It, it just is great. It holds up to this day. The action is awesome. The characters are great. Yeah. 10 out of 10. Go ahead. This is, this is huge. For those of you who don't know, Ethan has the lowest average score out of all of us throughout that. So this is, this is like huge. He's a pretty negative guy, I guess. He's a, he's a glass half empty. <laughs> Okay. When I wouldn't change anything, that's true. I gotta give it a ten. I like this. I oh whoa. Yeah, I splash water. water everywhere. Put that anywhere, pal. <laughs> <laughs> Did you pee, dude? Micah, sweat his shorts. What do you got, dude? So what's it gonna be? Captain America: The Winter Soldier. It has so so many great things. So many things I I wouldn't change. I wouldn't be able to to. I can't give any things I would like. Definitely improve on for this movie. Some other movies, like even Spider-Man 2, there were things where I would say, okay, this is a bit, and right here is a little bit. But this movie, there are so many things that are just fantastic. I love how... You're being around the bush, Micah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Let's go. All right, all right. Um, <laughs> the action in this movie is impeccable. We haven't seen anything like this. Uh, I love the, the gunplay, the chase sequences, the... The character development. <laughs> He's beating around the bush. Dude, we need to give it a better score than Spider Man 2. I don't want to do it. But you, you so feel give like it you... a 9.4. 9.4. What did you give Spider Man 2? 9.5. Spider Man 2 has more iconic art. There's, uh, there's more like... heart. There's more uh, cinematography okay. in that movie that's just a bit. Okay, there are great cinematographers. There's great camera moments in this movie. <laughs> What did I give Spider-Man 2? You gave Spider-Man 2 uh, an 8.7. A bit low, in my opinion. What was mine? It was uh, an 8.5. An 8.5. Yeah. You can't beat the elements of... Uh, uh, I'd say, yeah. So Doc I talk, Ock. In, yeah. There's like Doc Ock. There's the relationships, the complicated relationships that are written in. There's... There's a more complex script in Spider-Man 2 that I think is what puts it over. Yeah, and I'd say... I the start, choreography yeah, of... I opened up the podcast by saying that there are movies that just transcend the the superhero genre, and just because they're affiliated with it, it kind of mm. drags it down. And I totally agree with you. Ca Captain America the Winter Soldier's there. I think also think Spider-Man 2 is there. I think that one is just a really great movie, yeah. period. And I think you can't... Ugh, I can't find a score that beats Danny Elfman's score. Oh, I, I loved it. All right, all right. Ben so, can. Ben can. <laughs> but there are things about Spider-Man 2 that I just can't say. Are that, There are yeah. movies that do what Spider-Man 2 does best and what Winter Soldier does best and combine them. Infinity War, I think, is going to be a movie that beats Spider-Man 2 for me. Okay, you know what? I'm not going to go into the score aspect. I'm going to talk to you about that later then. Oh, but, wow. oh um, he's going to take me to his office. No, 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 no. No, no I just want to I just want to yeah. ask you a question about that yes. score. But that'll be off cameras. Um 
That'll be on our Patreon page. <laughs> on our flow plane. Yeah. Oh, man. A 9.4 and a 10 already? What do I say? If you don't want this movie making it in the in 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 the top, Ben, you got to tank your score. Oh, Ben's giving it a three. Listen, no, <laughs> I so I've always said a perfect film for me is a, a nine point five to transcend and give it a ten. It has to do more than just be a perfect film. It has to affect me in some way. It has to be a part of me, who mm, I am see, as definitely. a person. I'll be critical, but yeah, making the ten. Yeah, no, it's not that hard for me. That's just that's just how I personally rank movies. Everyone has their way, and that's the beauty of this ranking because we can average out the scores. And I will say this: this is on nine point five. That's not my score though. Mm. Ooh, mm. because this also just happens to be the first Marvel movie that I saw in theaters. Oh, Ooh, so there's nostalgia. nostalgia. This, there is so there. Yeah. much nostalgia for me. When I watch this movie, I am taken back to the summer Ooh. of 2014. Even when I was watching this movie, I was almost praying and hoping for a warm summer day because that's the feel that you get with this movie. It is a quintessential May release summer blockbuster, for yeah. the Marvel Universe. And there's so much to love about this movie. Captain America is one of my favorite superheroes. Because of this movie, there's so much to love. And this gets my first 10 out of 10 in the rewatch. 10 out of 10 for me. Welcome, ben, You gave this movie a four and a half on... Letterboxd, and you're it's giving because it a of 10? this conversation oh. and all of <laughs> this bumped in score, that, folks. That's what conversation does. Oh. I've realized that this movie just is. There's nothing. There's nothing I have to say it against Micah, but I think I think we have a new number one. Micah, go ahead and read the score. <sighs> Ethan, Ben, by your um, by your scores of tens. You gave it a 9.5, don't And me giving it a 9.4. Your score is still super high. 9.4. Okay, okay. Well, isn't the Avengers our number one anyway? Yeah, but that was a 9.4. What yeah, is this? So he's, this is a 9.8 out of 10. 9.8 out of 10. This is a near perfect movie in our multiverse opinion. Yeah. I, I'm literally I'm literally good with that. Ooh. We're going to have some perfect films. That is pretty we, high up there. We love this stuff. That, yeah. This movie is... What would I change? Add that into the effect of nostalgia and how much this movie means to like me as a person. Yeah, mm. I'm all about this movie, man. It's mm. so so good. And with that, we have our new number one. Wow, Captain America: The Winter Soldier. Followed closely by the Avengers at a nine point four. There's a point four score difference between one and two, and then a point five difference between the Avengers and Spider Man Two at an eight point nine. Then point one and Iron Ramey Man. Ramey is still hanging in there. Fifth place, Iron Man 3. Captain America, the first Avenger, is out of our top five. Out of our top five. That's okay. And our top ten. Blade 2. Oh, Rest in peace. Oh, no. Rest in peace, Blade 2. R.I.P. Blade Spider-Man 3 is next on the chopping block oh. for our top ten. Blade 2 hung on for so long, ladies and gentlemen. Dang it. It was nice having that in the top it ten. It was a I'm nice run. Yep. It was a nice run. Just, that was our last... Uh, like classic movie. So our our last classic movies in the uh top ten are we so we got Spider Man two, we've got Spider Man X two. Those are our okay. last three. What place is X two at? Ninth. Ninth. Okay. Oh, and then Spider Man three is in well, there. Here's the problem, guys. Well, okay, I I actually don't even know. 
surprise me. What's next week? What's next week? Tasm 2. Tasm 2. The Amazing <laughs> Spider-Man 2. The Now, whether you love this film or hate this film, you have strong feelings about it. I do. And it's, it's great gonna, feelings. Comes great responsibility. <laughs> so we're gonna have we're gonna have a fun time talking about this next week. I regardless of where you stand on this movie, it is just a fun movie I have to not talk seen about. This movie. Mike has This is the first movie oh, that I man. haven't seen oh, that like man. most oh, people man. have seen. Ben loves this I movie. Love, I love this movie. I wouldn't say I hate it. I hate aspects of the movie. It's definitely I th- I think with our most recent watch of the Amazing Spider-Man. I think it is better than that, easily. But I still don't think it's a fantastic film. I think the action's good, but yeah, it's going to be gave, very... You gave The Amazing Spider-Man a 6. Ben, you gave it uh, a 6.5, and, and I gave it a 6.2. So we'll see. Is Tasm 2 yeah. better than the original? It's going to be fun to see where you put it. Yeah, especially because I'm a Spider-Man fan. I just want to give people just a warning. <laughs> My score might be like... Too high. Too high. Right. Me and Michael will counteract that. Don't yeah. worry. Don't worry. I don't know. Like, Mike has um, never seen this movie, though. Gwen's my favorite character. I can't wait to see what they do with her. And uh, <laughs> The character development she gets. I just I hope mean, they don't, I just hope they I don't take the what, character development The work development they do with her is backbreaking. It yeah. really is. She carries this movie? Is that what you're saying? Like she holds pick. it all on her back? She, uh, well, Spider-Man I mean, certainly doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, I, I'm going to... I don't think it'll be Punisher because we none of us saw that movie and it was just so baffling to hear mine. We know where I stand. I love this score. So Ben is sitting here. This movie will be no Punisher. Ben is sitting here baffled at his Punisher score. When no, just the reaction I, I got from me and these Micah, two, we're baffled by his score exactly. Too. Guys, Ben gave Thomas Jane's Punisher an eight out of ten. I gave there it a may, three and a half. Yeah. Ethan gave it a five point two. There may be. A score gap here for Amazing Spider-Man Two. In fact, I almost guarantee there will be. I just think the conversation is going to be a lot more constructive than than that one. But we are going to come to disagreements. I just know that we are. I, I will. I will say this. Spoiler alert. I like Tasm Two more than I like The Punisher. Oh, we'll find out next week. words. Big words. We will find out next yeah. week if that is true, Ethan. Yeah, we so will. we will. Stay and tuned if I for can that. break our uh, our average here, we got the. The best movie ever, than the worst, worst movie, movie ever. ever. See where you. Yeah, find. and it's definitely not the best movie ever, but it, <laughs> you know what? We're gonna talk about it we next week. Play, we so next week. Gonna, yeah, stay tuned for that. That's gonna be a yeah. This a one's fabulous discussion. I'm gonna watch this movie early too because I'm actually so excited. Since No Way Home, I've rewatched this movie for my rewatch for that movie, and after that, four times because. Wow. I like this movie a lot. <laughs> I like it a lot, man. There's so much to like about it. But we're going to talk about it next week. Um, maybe I'll come to an epiphany that, well, maybe that's not good. I'm sure I'll have critiques. I do, actually. But we'll talk about it next week. Um, yeah, 9.8, guys. Captain America, see, the Winter yeah. Soldier. It's a milestone what, day. What, what this podcast has turned into is us just the whole time trying to work each other's score. So <laughs> ne- next week, we'll just be bashing at Ben the whole time trying to lower your score. And By the we'll end of see. this watch through, we're going to be like, oh, all tens or all zeros. It's just either good or bad. <laughs> well, I like this is the beauty because this is a project. Each week, reviewing a Marvel movie, putting it into a ranking. Who does this? Who goes this far? Even I have not Hollywood found a Reporter. single list online. Yeah, like, 
Like, okay, uh, I was tasked by the, my boss to assemble a assemble. Marvel movie list. Oh, assemble. Good. So good let noise. me just quick here. Oh, yeah, what do I remember about that? No. Each week, we watch the movie, discuss it in depth, and put it into our ranking. The Captain America trilogy right now, average, is at a 9.06. Mm-hmm. Putting it as our best trilogy average so far. But we haven't finished done. the trilogy yet. Not yeah. done. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we're gonna have to we're gonna have to see, ladies and gentlemen. But Tasm two next week. Uh, a lot of Spider-Man movies have moved on to Disney Plus as of last week, but not this one. Not this Tasm one is two. still not Tasm on. One's on there. Your amazing, yeah. Your all your streaming services. Venom one, one and movie, two is on there too, right? Uh, no, they're not, not on there yet. I think they still have contracts with Stars, the subscription service, so yeah. they're still gonna be over there. But you can't watch. It's not on demand unless you have that subscription. Or the Blu-ray. So find someone who owns it. I I mean, I own it. Yeah, me too. So find someone who owns it. Watch the movie. It's definitely worth a rewatch, especially after No Way Home. There's a lot that connects it really well. So that's next week. But for now, this is Ben Rayside. This is Micah Hat. Go ahead. <laughs> this is Ethan Wetzlaw? Signing off, we all hope you have an absolutely fantastic day. (laughs) 